Amen. How awesome it is to be in the house of the Lord. Will you look at your neighbor and say, you look so wonderful today. Amen. It, you, you know, you know, can I share with you that I believe that we are in the last days and we need each other. How many know we need each other if we're going to make it through? We're going to need each other's help. You're not going to make it by yourself. I know, I know you're, you're all that in a bag of chips, baby, but you're going to need some help. And it's just so good to know that when you come to the household of faith that the people of God will love on you and hug on you and ask you how you're doing and how you've been and may even get into your business. Come on, somebody. Somebody say hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you can get into my business if you want to. I may have to preach a message like that here pretty soon. Get in my business, baby. Something that, some just invoke the idea that, you know, you're going to have to open up sooner or later and let people into your life. Amen. You can't be living privately, right? Our, our Christian life is available one to another. Amen. And it's good to know that the people at, the, at Harvest Point Church, they're not going to be critical of you. They're going to love on you. They're going to help you. They're going to be a friend. They're going to stick with you. Amen. And it's just good to be in the house of the Lord. Even more importantly, you know what, church family? I pray that this series called The Names of Jesus had been increasing your faith. And how many today know if you're going to make any transaction in the kingdom of God, you're going to need faith to do it? How many know that faith is the currency of the kingdom of God? And faith is how we make transaction. Without faith, you can't expect to receive anything from God, right? The Bible said if a man prays and doubts what he prays for, he shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. In fact, the Bible says that man is unstable in all his ways. And I pray that as we get into these lessons on the names of Jesus, your faith is increasing. Because I'm here to tell you, some point in the week, and, I'm, and, and brothers and sisters, hear this well. I'm expecting at some point in the week you to have a trial such that you have to invoke the name of Jesus. If this week you didn't call upon the name, could I suggest to you, you are not active in faith. Let me say that one more time. If this week you, you had no need to mention the name of Jesus, you are probably not active in faith. For those of us that understand what's going on in the, in the kingdom of heaven, I used the name of Jesus probably 50 times this last week in a variety of different ways and applications, right? Do you know that for many of you in here that I, I pray the name of Jesus over your homes, over your families, over your livelihood, over your health, that, that, that I invoke the name of Jesus? How many of you know that when we say the name of Jesus, we used to sing it back in the day. I know my son, Daniel, he's, uh, the, my family, they, they're worshipers and musicians. And, but, you know, back in the day, we, we weren't real complicated. We used to come in. And we used to sing for like 30 minutes, there's power in the name of Jesus, there's power in the blood. And we would just sing it and sing it and sing it until people got it, right? How many know there's power in Jesus' name? Power in it. And I want to teach you those names. I want you to, to be so acquainted with the name of Jesus that it becomes part of your vocabulary, part of your processing, part of your abilities in the kingdom of heaven. Because I believe there's somebody in your family somewhere, somehow, you're going to have to invoke that name. So let's do this. I want you to stand, and I want you to open your Bible to St. John chapter 10. But here's something we need to remember. If you got a Bible, Ribbon, I know most people, uh, I look around, I see a lot of people on their phones because on their phone is their Bible. How many got your Bible on a phone? You already got like, you're, you're, you're technological, right? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm old school, so I still have a Bible, right? I, 
I actually like to hear the pages of my Bible turning. It's like music in my ears, you know. But if you have a Bible, listen, and if you're good and proficient in your app, I want you to take your Bible ribbon and put your Bible ribbon right now on 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back and I'm going to read something to you at the end of the message out of 1 Peter chapter 2. And I just want to give this to you because this is kind of what spawned what incubated my spirit uh, in regards to what I'm going to share with you today. But if you're in St. John chapter 10, this is where we're going to get into our, our, our text for the day. And I want to read St. John chapter 10. And I'm going to read a portion of St. John chapter 10. I don't think you're going to need um, some things that we read in the Bible, read as a narrative. And so we're usually pretty good with reading this um, I'm going to begin reading here at St. John chapter 10, verse 6. And I'm going to take this all the way down to verse 17. So I'm going to begin reading 1 John, pardon me, excuse me, St. John chapter 10, verses 6 through 17. And you'll see why I say we won't have to pause too much. I think you're going to gather in very quickly the subject matter. And today I am preaching a message entitled, The Good Shepherd. The good shepherd. St. John chapter 10 begins like this, verse 6. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Now watch this. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, catch this, I am the door of the sheep. Do you hear that? I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Now watch this. And shall go in and out. What does it say? And find pasture. How many know God will bless you and you're going and you're coming out? <laughs> you're going in and coming out. He's going to produce that. Now watch this. Now watch Jesus get specific. The thief cometh not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. He says, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. Now here we go. I am... The good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. So I want you to know what the devil is trying to do to every flock. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want you to hear this. The enemy is trying to scatter us. Look at your name and say, don't be scattered, baby. Don't be scattered. He's trying to scatter us. Just want you to see what the enemy does to the flock. He's trying to scatter us. Verse 13, the hireling fleeth because he is a hireling and careth not for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. Watch what he says. I know my sheep. And am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, 
And I laid down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Somebody say, hello, Gentile. Them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. He is the good shepherd. Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready to get into this? We've got about 30 minutes or so. We're going to get down. Y'all ready to get down? We used to stay back today. We're going to get down with the get down. And we're going we're gonna to get to it today. Will y'all, will y'all pray with me? Will y'all pray with me? Come on, let's separate ourselves from all the stuff that's going on. Father, we thank you for distinctly this moment, this, these minutes that our mind is, is moved away from work and duties and stuff and family and kids and things. Uh, and even this season, this Christmas season, that, that can be so busy upon the mind. And you've prepared us into this moment, into these, into these fleeting minutes that we might hear your heart, that we might know your mind, Father, that we might hear your counsel, that Holy Spirit, you might have all of us, all our attention, our undivided attention, unto the very words of the Master. And so we pray today that these things that will be said, be spoken, will fall upon hearts that are ripe and ready, pliable for the entry of the word of the Lord. We pray for for those minds to assimilate these spiritual things, not natural minds, but spiritual minds, that they might be full of the word of the Lord, that it comes without any confusion, without any mistake, that the word that is planted will yield back into the kingdom uh, 30, 40, 30, 60, 100 times that which was sowed. We pray that done right here, right now in the house of the Lord. And we pray blessing upon every hearer. For everybody that's hearing my voice, those that are tuning in today by stream and by other uh, methods of, of communication, we pray blessing upon you right now as you hear the word of the Lord. And we pray that in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Will you go give your neighbor a hug right now, greet each other in the Lord, and just tell them you've got a good shepherd. Will you tell them you've got a good shepherd? Will you tell them you've got a good shepherd? Go find somebody, greet somebody, say hello to somebody, bless somebody, say hello, greetings in the Lord. Happy birthday to Sister Ramirez, amen. Sister Ramirez, happy birthday, we love you. It is good. It is good. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be around the bread. It's good to be where God is. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Blessings, blessings, blessings to the family of faith, the people of God. Hallelujah. JC, if you don't mind, if you could bring me down just a little bit. I don't want to get any feedback coming a little close to the speakers. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. So good. You, you have often heard me say that we have an intimate God. 
a, a God who was fully acquainted with all of my frailties, all of my inabilities, that I have a Father in heaven who knows me. I'm so glad he does. I'm so glad that, 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 that my God, my Father, identifies to me as a father, as a dad. And even more importantly still, we, we have a Christ who identifies to us as a husband. Uh, how amazing it is to have these correlations with God when God could reveal himself to us any way he wanted to reveal himself to us. But what does he choose? He chooses the most intimate ways. Ways that we could capitalize on the relationship. Ah, I wish somebody heard that. Uh, ways that we could identify with God because we, we have the, the, the ability to understand what it is to be a parent, a father. Uh, we have the ability to understand what it is to be married, to have a spouse. And here it is God, Almighty God, revealing himself to you relationally. My admonition to you is to stay away from religion <laughs> and embrace God relationally. It is amazing now to see just how intimate Jesus is with me. Let, let me give you a verse that speaks uniquely of the intimacy of Christ. How many believe that Christ is intimate? I believe my Jesus is intimate. I don't believe he wants me to be religious. I believe he wants me to be intimate. Uh, let, 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 me, let me show you Paul while writing the, the, the Christian Hebrew says this. For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. In other words, Jesus knows what it is to be you. <laughs> I'm going to let that settle on you like, like, like a bowl of soup or some chili beans or something. You, you need to let that stew a little while. Did you hear what I just said? J Jesus knows what it is to be you. Uh, you, you know, because you, 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 you like to get into your little fetish. Oh, 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 you know, nobody knows me. Nobody knows the problems I have. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows the hurt that I feel. But listen to what I say. Jesus knows what it is to be you. He knows what it is to be betrayed. Uh, Jesus knows what it is to hurt. He knows what it is to thirst. He knows what it is to suffer need. He knows what it is to walk this earth. He knows what it is to be betrayed by the people closest to him. He knows what it is to see a parent die. He knows what it is to be fatigued. He knows what, what sleep is. He knows you. Think about what I just said to you. I'm saying God knows you. And brother, sister, if you never get intimate with that, listen, if you never catch that, you can never get intimate with God. Listen, you're never going to come to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what I'm going through, and him not be able, listen, to sympathize with you. How many know the big difference between, you know, I, I tell people, sometimes people can, can sympathize, but listen, Jesus can empathize. In other words, he's been through what you've been through. He knows what you're going through because he was there of himself. He not only can sympathize but empathize. How unique that is. Have you ever stopped to discover just how intimate that is? Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, you've got somebody, you've got a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. 
you've got somebody uniquely close to you. Did you know that Jesus took all that? All that you're going through, all of your problems, all of your hiccups. Do you know that Jesus took every natural known disease and thing, whatever that problem could be. Do you know that Jesus took all that stuff and he took it to the cross? I'm teaching you something. All, all that could ever be placed on a man. Can you imagine that Jesus was in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane and he, before the Lord and his, his disciples gave us record for posterity's sake that he said, Lord, is there any way I can do what you need me to do without drinking this cup? Well, what cup? Your cup. Let me say that again. See, see, you're missing, man. I, I, I don't want to get too philosophical, but, but brothers and sisters, I don't think you're hearing what I'm telling you. The cup was yours. He died because of your sin, not his own. And if you want to know who crucified Christ, you crucified him. Well, you look at your name and say, baby, you, you crucified him. You sent him there because you were a sinner. You, you, you got to grab that. You got to lay hold of that. He said, Lord, is there any way I can do what you need me to do without drinking this cup? How many know that Jesus drank that cup full and it so crushed him in the Garden of Gethsemane that the weight of you on him caused his sweat to be mingled with blood itself? And he took you and your trouble and your problems and your sins and your inabilities and your imperfections and your infirmities. And guess what? He took them all the way to the cross. You you remember that he was on the cross and all of the Sanhedrin, all of the religious elite, they looked up at Jesus and said, if you really are the son of God, come down off that cross. Prove to us that you're him. But he knew why he was there. He said nothing except this. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. You you have your Bibles, right? How how many have ever bothered to, to hear the prophets speak? Uh, the, the, the prophets bear unique evidence as to the reality that I'm sharing with you. Uh, h- how many know have ever heard of the prophet Isaiah? Right, Isaiah 53. Who shall believe the report of the Lord? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Right? Come on, Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. Uh, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. How many have ever heard that verse before? Listen, go, go to Isaiah 53 and then slide your finger down to verse 7 because I want to talk to you about something. I want to talk to you about h- how this good shepherd became the good shepherd. You need to know just how good of a shepherd you truly have. Because I have a good shepherd. I have a good shepherd. Oh, y'all got to hear that. Man, I got the best shepherd in the world. Right? And my shepherd, listen, I want you to hear this. My shepherd can lead me. Y'all ain't hear what I just said right there, man. That's some deep stuff. Listen, how many know you never heard of a sheep drive? Because you don't drive sheep. Now, you might drive cattle, but you don't drive sheep. Sheep are unique, right? They got to be led. Do, 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 you know, do you know that sheep uh, like to eat? They just can't find food. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I know you like to eat now. I can see you, you, you. Eating ain't your problem. The issue is where you're going to go eat. Do you, know, do you know that sheep have to be led? And there's a uniqueness with sheep in drawing them, leading them to real food, substance, provision. It takes God to do that. Brother and sister, are, are you there? Are you there? Isaiah 53, verse 7. Slide your finger down to verse 7, and, and you'll read this. He was oppressed and afflicted. And what does the Bible say? And he opened not up his mouth. He was brought, what? As a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Did you hear that? Jesus became like you. You know why Jesus is uniquely qualified to be the good shepherd? Because he's been sheep too. You ever heard somebody say it takes one to know one? And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. And took upon him the form of a servant. Was made in the likeness of man. Listen. The Bible says his obedience was so rich and so deep. That obedience permitted, allowed him to take on the cross. The very death of the cross. You're there in your Bibles. Go to Ezekiel 34. Let me give you this verse. Because I believe that the people of God have lost the intimate relationship with Jesus because Jesus really knows you. And not only does he really know you, he really knows what you're going through. Do, do you know that Jesus knows what you're going to ask before you ask him? Uh, could, could I suggest today that many of you right now, how many believe that if you ask, uh, you'll receive? Because Jesus knows. He knows when you need it and how you need it. And because you need it. That's unique. Are, are, are you there? Ezekiel 34. Slide your finger down. Let me see. That's verse 11. For thus saith the Lord God. Behold, I, even I, will both, what? And what? And seek them out. Watch this next verse. As a shepherd seeketh his own flock in the day, watch, are you there reading it? In the day that he, the shepherd, right, is among his own sheep which are scattered. Now, you've got to think about what, get the image that here's a shepherd and in the midst of his flock, while the shepherd is present, the sheep are scattering. So God says, so will I, what? There you go, seek after my sheep. I want you to read this. This is prophetic. So will I seek after my sheep. And I will what? And I will deliver them out of all the places where they have been what? Scattered, right? Did you hear it? In the what? In the cloudy and dark day. When is he going to get them? On a cloudy and dark day? When is God going to go and gather up the sheep that are scattered? In a cloudy and dark day. Listen, brothers and sisters, I know what that day is. Because at the sixth hour, at 12 noon, the sky went dark. 
And there was somebody on the cross who the Bible records that when the sky went dark and, and, and the Bible says that Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, yama sabachthani, which is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You see, here God turned his back on his son. And the wolf came. And he scattered all the sheep. You remember how they boasted. When Jesus said, Peter, the enemy desires to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Because you see, Peter, you're going to deny me. He says, Lord, I will never deny you. I will die before I deny you. And the Bible says, and all the disciples said the same. But the moment he was crucified, they were all scattered. I want you to hear that Ezekiel is giving you an image, a place, a point, a reference that you can point back to and say, there's my victory. There it is, the day on that cloudy and dark day. Jesus cried out with that loud voice. You know, the Bible says, the scriptures say that he thirsted. And and they put on a spear some gall, some vinegar and, and, and wine mixed together and they Put it up towards his mouth. The Bible says that Jesus yelled out with a loud voice and he said, It is finished. And an earthquake happened. And Jerusalem shook. The temple veil ripped in two. The Bible says the graves of many patriarchs in Jerusalem. The patriarchs got up out of the grave. There's your victory. There's your victory for everybody, for all of us, the sheep. There's our victory. Just as Ezekiel prophesied it, there it is, our victory. That Jesus took all your stuff to the cross. He took your weaknesses, your problems, your sins, your things, your problems, your hang-ups, and he took them to the cross. He said, I'm going to ensure that you're going to have victory. How marvelous it is that my shepherd won the battle and won the day. I have victory in Jesus. I have a good shepherd. How many know you got a good shepherd? He gave his life. He says, for this cause does the Father love me because I laid down my life for the sheep. Why? So that the sheep might be victorious. And we might be more than conquerors through him that loved us. You have your Bibles. Go to Psalms 23. It's not that that the greatest psalm in the Bible concerning a shepherd. Psalms 23. Can I encourage you to memorize it? Some of y'all need to memorize it. You've memorized every other thing but that. So that whenever you're going through something, why don't you just recite the 23rd Psalm? 
You, you, you know what your problem needs? Your problem needs a re recitation of the scripture. What, what your problem needs to hear is how great Jesus is. Uh, what, 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 what your issue really needs right now is not medication, right? It's not money. It's not counseling. What your problem needs is the word of God. It needs to hear it. It needs to know it plainly. It needs to understand it. Listen, we have a shepherd, and he's a good one. My shepherd's a good shepherd. I trust that he's going to lead me. Listen, the Bible says the Lord. You, you there? It's, it's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. No, don't go too fast now. Don't go too fast now. The Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. Look at your neighbor say, is the Lord your shepherd? Or is it your intellect, your abilities, your strength, your college degree? Is it is your knowledge? Is it, is it your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister? Or is the Lord your shepherd? We have a good one. The Bible says the Lord catches, the Lord is my shepherd. And here's the proof that I'm actually shepherd. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the bona fide way to know whether or not you have a shepherd or not. Because not every Christian wants to be shepherded. Not, not, not everybody that says Jesus belongs to Jesus. Okay, can, can I digress for a minute? How, how many know? Uh, let, let me show you how I, let me, let me tell you how weird I see the culture. I'm going to show you how, how weird I see Christian culture. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is. Right? That the purpose of our gathering, the flock, the sheep coming together is for the distinction that we might encourage one another. And oh, so much the more as we see the day approaching. Right? Because you know what the... The wolf is trying to scatter us. Do you know that the Bible says that Jesus can leave the 99 to go get the one? Well, how does he do that? The 99 have strength in numbers. They know what it is to come together. I'm in a culture now that if you go to church, you go, you don't, no, no big deal. If you're being led, you're going to be here. Trust me when I tell you, the Holy Spirit will never tell you don't go to church. And if you hear that, just know you're not hearing the Holy Ghost. You're hearing the enemy speak to you. Because the enemy, will, the, the enemy will cause you to believe that you don't need to be shepherded. That you can do it on your own. You can do it apart from leaders and pastors and people who God has appointed to help shepherd. Do you know that God has uniquely gifted me to be an under-shepherd? I'm not the main shepherd, but I am an under-shepherd. And you know what he's caused me to do? He's caused me to shepherd you. And I can tell you when I meet God, I'll look at him face to face, and he's going to tell me, well done, my good and faithful servant, because I have shepherded you. Trust me, brother and sister. I'm not going to go there and say, I could have done this and could have done that. I'm giving my life for you. <laughs> Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. You know, I had my career. I, I have my degrees. I'm an educated person. I didn't just jump from one thing to another. I gave all that up. To serve God, to serve you. The Lord is my shepherd. Watch what he says. I shall not want. 
It, do, it doesn't mean that you don't have wants. It means that you don't lack. It's the Hebrew word, want, to, to not lack. I, I have not decreased. The, 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 the Lord is my shepherd. I have not lack. I have no decrease. How many can say amen to that? Man, I tell you what, you know, serving the Lord, you think it would have bankrupt you, but it didn't. It blessed you. How many know the best life to live is a life that you live for God? Come on, somebody. That's what brings me here. I, I believe that I'm investing myself into the kingdom of God. No greater investment. No greater investment. I gave my life for it. I've invested my life into the kingdom of God. I don't get to go places and do certain things and talk a certain way. Why? Because I'm invested. I'm a representation of the kingdom of heaven. I got to be careful where I go. You're not going to catch me at Twin Peaks or at Hooters or any other place. You're not going to catch me giving the Lord a black eye. You know, I, I invest myself into the kingdom of God. I want to be led of the Spirit. I want to walk with God. Come on, somebody. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. What does the Bible say? He maketh me. Somebody say, he maketh me. He maketh me. Don't read too fast. See, he going to make you. I like that. He going to make you. Let, let me say that one more time. He going to make you. He going to make you lie down in green pasture. He going to make you do it. I like that. Because some of you won't do it. But he going to make you. He's so good that he's going to find the thing that's going to make you lie down. Oh, I'm saying something. Look at your name and say, be ready, man. Beware. 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 This shepherd will make you lie down in green pastures. He's going to lead you beside still waters. He's going to restore your soul. He's going to lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. L listen, do, do you understand that the idea of green pastures and still waters is the idea of understanding, right? Uh, these green pastures of, of having comfort and peace. Let, let, let me ask yourself a spiritual question. Are you comforted now? Are, are you at peace? You know, pe people are after stuff, and, and they want money. How many know, li listen, you don't even got to run after that stuff anymore. You, you, you're comforted. You're, you're at peace. I, I have what I need. I don't got no lack. You know, I tell people, would you rather have all your needs met or a million bucks? I say, just let all my needs be met. I don't want the trouble of having a lot of money. Because how many know when you get a lot of money, you do creepy things, <laughs> freaky things? Look at your David and say, the freaks come out at night. And listen, I'm telling you, brother and sister. You better be thankful you didn't win the lottery, man. You, you'd have lost your soul somewhere. I'm saying something. How many know that money will only magnify the bad in you? If you don't think it's true, get some. How many know the Lord hates a haughty look? You're going to be driving around acting all high and mighty, Lord. The Lord is going to make you lie down. See, 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 I'm laying down in green pastures. I don't have everything I want, but I am comforted. And I am at peace. Listen, I don't need more of anything else. I'm at peace with God. I, I don't need nothing else. And you know what? The Bible says that he, that he restores my soul. How many know that when you came to God, you had problems in your soul? 
you know, your passions, your emotions, the things that guided you. What did he do? He restored them. Because how many know before you came to the Lord, you had a soul and you had passions, but they weren't taking you to God. And what did he do? He restored your soul. People come to church and always say, you're brokenhearted. What does he do? He heals the brokenhearted. He restores your soul. How many today will say to now, my heart's been healed. You, you hated everybody. You came in. You, you've been married a couple times. You had some kids acting up, some this, that, and the other, drug addiction. Come on. I'm saying how we got here. I'm not trying to criticize you. I'm saying how we arrived. And then what does he do? He restores you. Let me tell you how thorough the restoration is. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become brand new. Can somebody say amen? When you look at your neighbor and say, I don't have a past. It's been erased. It's been scrubbed. That's what, how good a shepherd he is. Anybody have here something you're ashamed about in your past? I'll put my hand up. Guess what? God doesn't even know what you're talking about. He threw it away into a sea of forgiveness, never to recount it against you. That's how good your shepherd is. He threw it all away. Come on, somebody. You have victory in the name of Jesus. I have victory. I have victory in Jesus' name. I don't have a past. Quit bringing it up, by the way. Look at your neighbor. Say, quit bringing that up. We're all tired of it, man. Quit talking to this. We don't want to hear no more about that. You're a new creature. The Bible says he, he, he'll make a path of righteousness, new paths, right? How many know it's, let, 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 me, let, let me help you comprehend just how wonderful this is. How many know that in the sight of God, God towards you, you're perfect because of him? When God looks down and he sees you, he sees you as perfect in Christ Jesus. The problem is me looking back up to God. The problem isn't God towards me. My problem is me towards him. Y'all didn't hear what I just said, man. I, I'm getting real and y'all are acting like, Pastor, what you talking about? Listen, I'm talking about God towards me isn't the problem. It's me towards God. And what does the Bible say? He leadeth me in paths of righteousness. In other words, I begin to walk these things out where the righteousness, right, the verb tense, the, the actual ability to be righteous is made known to me. And I can begin to walk before God righteous. My good shepherd provides. You, you know what else he says? Are you there in the scriptures? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Let, let me say it one more time for somebody because I, I feel like I'm preaching to fuddy-duddies this morning. Let me, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. Wow. Watch what he says. Thy rod... And thy staff, they comfort me. Now, now let me ask you a question. Let me show you how unique this is. How many of you, raise your hand if you feel like it. Because I know i got some old timers here, some people old school. <laughs> have you ever been spanked before? Have you ever been spanked? Raise your hand. 
it, look around to people that haven't been spanked. Daniel, put your hand up, Daniel. I know I gave you like two or three. Nathaniel, you ain't never been spanked me, or you ain't never get a little pow pow. Come on, somebody. I might have given you a pow pow. That's my godson. I don't know. <laughs> Let me see one more time. If you've been spanked, raise your hand. You've been spanked. You, you, I mean, like a, with a belt, like, like, not like a, you got pinched, but like, you know, a cintazo, a pow pow, a chancla, a shoe, something. A lamp, a lamp from the, just a cat. If you're a minority, you get hit with the closest thing towards your family, right? If it fits this speaker box, they, they, you know. <laughs> right. So, 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 so I want you to catch this. When is the last time when you were a kid that you ever looked at your father's belt and you told your father, Dad, your belt comforts me? I feel comforted, strengthened, just looking at your mouth. The other day, Jonathan, I don't know if I told you or Megan this. I'm at the store, my little grandson, right? My little Jonathan. And, and, and you know, you see how I had to kind of adjust my pants, right? That's what happened when you get heavy, right? And, and I was at the store, and I, and I picked up my pants, and, 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 I, and I got the belt, and I went in another loop to make it tighter, right? Just like I did right there. You see how I did that? And Jonathan was there, and we were at a store. And then Jonathan says, Papa D., you going to spank me? <laughs> and right there in front of everybody, I said, Jonathan, I'm never going to spank you. All I'm going to do is kiss you. And, and he smiled. He just got real happy. He just smiled. He got real excited. He says, he's never going to hit me. He's going to love me. Let me read it again. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know what David is saying? That rod and that staff, you're not going to use it on me. You're going to use it on the enemy. You're not going to strike me. You're going to strike him. Somebody needs to lay hold of that. How many is thankful? How many is thankful that when God has disciplined you, he's disciplined you? He's never hit me. He's never repaid me. He's loved me. Do you know, let me tell you how, why you have to be careful with God. Do you know that it's the kindness of God that leads men to repentance? Listen, you better be real careful with God because I've heard people say, well, you know what, Pastor? I haven't been to church for years. I haven't read my Bible. I haven't done nothing. I'm not even doing anything. I'm not concerned about Christian faith. I'm not concerned about others. And God hasn't done anything to me yet. I said, you better be real careful with what you're saying. Because the character of God is unique. It's his kindness that draws men to repent before God. Could I suggest to you that God is more apt to show you kindness than he is to strap your bottom. Listen to what I'm saying. Your God is kind and he's benevolent and he's long-suffering and he wants to love you and he wants to draw you into himself and he wants to show you himself. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm not here saying that God won't discipline you because I've been disciplined of the Lord. God has disciplined me. But I'm here to tell you he's never struck me. He's never hit me. So I see the power of God working for me and not against me. You know how long it takes to get that out of your head? You know, I was raised in a time when people said, if you don't do this, God's going to do that to you. 
If you don't come to church, you're going to get a big wart on your nose. If, if you don't read your Bible, you're going to lose your eyesight and lose your hearing. We're in all kinds of curses in the house of God. But that's not true of the Lord. That's a heresy concerning God. And I'm here to tell you that. Your God is kind and he's benevolent and he's merciful and he's gracious and he's slow to anger. Your father loves you. He's a good father. And I'm thankful that he is. And I'm thankful that he is. Yeah, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't fear no evil. We have every excuse under the sun. And you know what we like to do? We like to get in the prom. And you know what we do? We start saying, well, I haven't done this with God. And I haven't read enough Bible. I haven't prayed enough. And you think God is smiting you. Let me tell you what Jesus says. Can I tell you what Jesus says? I want you to hear this. Jesus says this. The enemy cometh forth. No, 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 no. The enemy cometh forth. Don't read your Bible so fast. Listen to what he's saying. The enemy comes. But Peter says he's like a roaring lion walking about seeking somebody that he could devour. In fact, in fact he's, he's at the door ready to lunge on you. The enemy comes. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. Has anybody seen the enemy come? Because when he comes, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But watch what Jesus says. But I come. What? He says, the enemy cometh. But, but I come. Anybody hear him? He says, he's coming to do bad. I'm coming to do good. And I'm not going to let him do what he planned to do to you. I'm going to stop him. I'm going to stop him dead in his track. I'm your shepherd. I'm your good shepherd. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear no evil, for I am with you. And my power, my rod, my staff, they're going to comfort you. Your good shepherd protects you. Listen to this. Listen to this. It's going to blow your mind. Are you in your Bibles? I'm going to blow your mind right here. You ready to get your mind blown? Look at your name and say, we're going to blow your mind up. Watch what he says. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You ought to hear what I just said. Thou preparest a table before me in the very presence of the people that are surrounding me. You anoint my head with oil, with oil, my cup runs over. You say, no, no, don't go, don't go too fast. Don't go too fast. I'm not even at Shirley yet. Y'all remember when Jesus was on the cross? And they all came and surrounded him. He was broken from the beating he took. Not only that what Pilate had ordered, but what the Sanhedrin did. Do you know that they pressed the crown upon his head? And they beat his face. The Bible says that his face was so disfigured that he didn't even look like a man. Can you imagine Jesus on the cross, a bloody pulp, 
his face swollen beyond recognition. And we, as it were, hid our faces from him, disfigured, so that I might have victory. And then they're telling him, if you're the Christ, come down off that cross and prove it to us. He was broken on that cross for us. Are are you in Psalms 23? I was going to quote this, but let me just read it. You're in Psalms 23. Go to Psalms 22. Just flip back one one verse. You could get the whole text of it. Can I read something to you? You you, want to know why when your enemies come around you? He's going to make a table for you. You know, he wasn't able to do that then, but he's doing it now. He's saying, I won the day. My victory is yours. When your enemy surrounds you, I'm going to make a table for you. We're going to eat right in front of the enemy. I'm going to anoint your head with oil. I'm going to pour that your cup just run right there in front of all your enemies. When they surround you, I'm going to elevate you. You say, well, how was that done? Let me read it. You in Psalms 22. Slide your finger down to verse 10. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. For there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me around. They gaped upon me with their mouths. As a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melting in the midst of my bones. My strength is dried up like a pot shirt. What do you say, my jaw? My tongue, it cleaves to my jaw. Oh, my God. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones... They look and stare upon me. You see, Father, they part my garments among them. They cast lots upon my vesture. Be not thou far from me, O Lord. All my strength. Haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword. My darling from the power of the dog. Your father says, I'll never let that happen to you. I gave the enemy one time. He did it to my son. But he went to the cross to make sure that if you were ever surrounded, that I would come and help you. I'll rescue you. I'll never 
let the enemy get the upper hand on you again. And in fact, the Bible says that God will never put anything more on you than you can bear. And even when it gets heavy, he creates a door that you might escape. He will never let the enemy encamp himself around you and have victory in the name of Jesus Christ Almighty. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Somebody say hallelujah to Jesus. We have a good shepherd. We have a good shepherd. So David, David, yes. you know David, David, he knows a little bit about shepherding. You remember him. When he was out shepherding, a lion came and he took that lion by its beard and broke its jaw. You, you, you remember David, he, he was the one who said a bear came, and the bear, and he grabbed that bear by the jaw and broke its, by its beard and broke its jaw so that he could tell Goliath, who's this uncircumcised Philistine yeah, yeah. that blasphemes the name of my God? Yeah. Are you there yet? You have a good shepherd. Listen, David said he's so good. This is what David said. Surely. I'm helping your faith. You don't even know how much I'm helping you. Listen, how many believe that Jesus died on the cross? I mean, if we don't believe that, we don't believe nothing at all. And if Jesus went to the cross and took all of your problem, all of your situation, all of your weakness, all of your sins, all of your problem, all your hang-ups, all your difficulties, if you sent him there and he died for you on that cross, surely, surely, surely. surely. Y'all ain't get it. I'm, I'm going to wait for somebody to get it. Surely. I mean, just surely. I mean, I mean, surely. I mean, surely goodness, goodness is going to follow me all the days of my life. And I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, give the good shepherd a round of applause and tell him I've got the victory in your name. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus. Let's celebrate the good shepherd. Let's, let's celebrate Jesus. Let's celebrate him. Come on, stand to your feet right now and just give him a standing ovation and say, you deserve all the glory and all of the honor. How awesome he is. How awesome he is. While you're standing, while you're standing, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. While you're standing, get your Bible back open. I want to read something to you. I want to read something to you. I told you go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. Surely. Surely. Hey, uh, anybody praying about something? Raise your hand if you're praying about something. Just raise your hand real high because I want to speak to you prophetically. Raise your hand if you're praying about something. You got something going on. Raise your hand real high like, like you want to be recognized. You know when you're like, ooh, ooh, me, 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 you know that. People say, no, put your hand up. Okay, you got your hand up? I'm, I'm going to speak to it. I'm going to speak to your prayer right now. I'm going to speak to you by the blood. Surely, goodness and mercy is going to follow you all the days of your life. 
Let me say it to you again. Surely. Look at your prayer need. I want you to tell it. Surely. Goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. Surely. 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 And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Surely. If he died on that cross for you, if you're the one that sent him there, which I most certainly did, how many know, had you been the only one, he'd have came anyway. But I can attest to you, I was the one who nailed his hands. I sent him there because I was a sinful man. But because I was sinful, he went and won the victory for me. Surely, goodness and mercy. I want you to think about your problem. Say, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Look that lying devil down. Surely, goodness and mercy. He makes you feel like a loser. Like, what are you praying about? Who are you to even bring that up before God? You know what, church family, can I encourage you to come back to your shepherd? You, you, you want to know if you're really a child of God? Let me tell you how you know you're a child of God. You're at rest. You're comforted. And you're at peace. You're at rest. Are you at rest this morning? Are you at rest? Are you at rest? Listen. rest are you at rest are you at rest here the spirit is moving he's speaking to me even now Be patient. Patience. 